Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, good morning. How are we this morning? It's Monica's birthday today. She's 88. Monica, you're amazing, I know. Monica's got my back, so she's a prayer. It's great to have somebody like Monica in our church. So today, we're continuing on in our series called The Powerhouse. It's about the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Bronson has done the last two weeks, and the first week he talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit was God. Got all theological about it, and how we can know Him and can have relationship with God. Now, you see, that is a a foreign concept to many people. But I tell you what, I couldn't walk with God without a relationship with God. If God is a way out there, you know, that to me is, why would I serve somebody who doesn't even seem to care about me? You know, I'm a granddad. I like being with my kids. I like being with my grandkids. Not sure whether they like me being with them, but I like being with them. And I think that that's important to understand that God is not afar off. He is right here. And if he's not there for you, today I pray that somehow or another you can find that place. In our second week, he's talked about the power of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit infills us, lives within us and touches our lives. Really powerful message. And today I'm going to be speaking on something possibly a little bit more practical day to day, but how the, the Holy Spirit is our teacher, he is our leader and he is our God. But let's not get away from the fact that he is also God. So we can have a personal relationship with him, but do not ever lose sight of the fact that he is God. We respect him and love him in that sense. So let's pray this morning. Father, today, I thank you you've sent the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in this place. I thank you today, Lord God, as I relate uh, these scriptures and this walk, personal walk, Lord God, that I've had with you, Holy Spirit, to come to some places in my life that today you'll anoint those words and touch people's hearts and open ears, Lord God, that we will hear as we'll hear and know that you are God. We thank you for that today in Jesus' name. So our first scripture today is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It says, trust in the Lord, yep, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In verse 6, in all your ways submit to him. So this is not an option. This is Solomon speaking this, the, possibly the wisest person to ever walk the face of the earth. This is his simple advice to a young man. He's saying, don't lean to your own understanding or and, uh, you know, submit to him. And, and I think I've got it there. See the then? I actually put that in there myself. So that's, <laughs> I did that. Just so that if there's any people here going to get upset about this, I did that. I'm admitting to it. And then he will make your path straight. See, I wanted to put that in there because it's a, there's a prelude to God making our path straight. And there is a lot of people who want God to move on their behalf, but they don't want to do the prerequisites. It's so important. How many people here use Google Maps? I use Google Maps all the time, even though I know where I'm going. Because you see, there might be something happen. It'll take me some other place. But, and we, you know, Norman and I have traveled around Europe three times, going again next year. And we couldn't do that. We don't use Google Maps. We use TomTom. 
But without that, we wouldn't be able to go where we're going because we've never been there before. And this is the point. We use maps, we use these things, we use these guides because we have never been there before. Or either that or we're trying to find a better way. And so we're going to be looking at some of those things today. So we're talking about, you know, and then he will make your path straight. Your paths. I want you to think about that. Close your eyes for a minute. Let your imagination go wild and go, this is the path. This is a straight path. This is a good path. You know? And so you see, it's either your path and your life and your walk with God is all about DIY. It's all about do it yourself. Or it's his path for you. His way. And you know, I believe that there's a time where God lets us, you know, do it our own way. But there is a time if you want to continue walking with God where you need to come into line with what God wants you to do. It's a bit like raising small children. You know, you let them go for about, you know, let them do what they want to do for about the first six weeks. And then after that, I'm not laughing. Because here's the thing, the Bible says that before we were even conceived in our mother's womb, he knew us. See, that is a fascinating scripture. He knew you as an individual before you were even conceived. He had, he had, he had a picture of you. He knew who you'd be. He knew your intelligence. He knew what your capabilities were. He didn't make you as a robot. He made you as a living being to live a life that would only satisfy you because he'd made you that way. So, losing my way here. I've got these huge scriptures. You see my fonts today? Because I can't read it unless I'm down here. You know? And somebody pinched my box last time I had a box that was up here. So. so my question is this, which path are you pursuing today? And I'm going to hopefully tonight to trigger some of those thoughts on where's my pathway and go, not a heavy message, but just a, hopefully something that will help you walk in the ways of God. Because many people, I believe, are concerned that God will want them to be doing or be something or someone that they don't want to be or do. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be that. Now, in my experience, God will never, ever do that to you. God would never ask you to be something that you don't want to do. The kicker is the fact that he, you may not want to do it now, but he will work on your life, not to make you, but to build something into your life where God can then touch you and lead you and guide you into what he has had planned for your life that only then can fulfill your life. You may not like the pathway, but you'll be glad that you walked it. Yeah? And that's so important. He will change you. So how does he make your paths straight? How does he do that? I've done the prerequisite. I haven't, you know, I haven't done it my own way, etc., etc. How does he do that? Well, quite often it's through circumstances, but mostly it's through the Holy Spirit. When we're born again, when we've given our life to Christ, when we've submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, when we admit that He is Lord, we confess it with our mouth, we believe it in our heart, we bow our knee to Him, we say, Jesus, You are Lord, I submit and surrender my life to You. 
He mostly then can do it through the Holy Ghost because it then says that the Holy Spirit comes within me as my leader, my guide, my counselor. And we're going to look at some of those things today, mostly through the Holy Spirit and in a number of ways. And in John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, Jesus said this, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. The first requisite for God to make your path straight is you need to be teachable. You need to be teachable. And most people I know who aren't seeing God move in their lives as I'd like them to aren't teachable. They know it all. They've got it all sorted out. They have the gospel according to me. They have the epistles according to me and the first and second and according to me and even revelations according to me. And I'm serious when I say that. I pass it for 30 years. And, you know, the amazing thing to me that people who just flourished in God were so incredibly teachable. And they'd been taught mostly by the Holy Spirit. And any preaching or anything like that was just a witness to what the Holy Ghost was already working in their lives. But those who were struggling and just didn't get it together, you couldn't teach them anything. We need to be teachable. John chapter 14, verse 26, the second part of the scripture says, and he will remind you of everything I have said. See, he will teach me, but he'll teach me a certain way. He'll teach me by the fact that he'll bring to my remembrance the words that Jesus preached out of the gospels. So the second thing is you need to know what Jesus said. You need to know. So most people I know who aren't seeing what God uh, you know, God moving their lives as I'd like them to, they don't know what Jesus said. They don't know what the Word said. The only time they ever hear what the Word says is when they come to church. You know, and, and, and there's more to it than that. You need to be in the Word of God. You need to know what the Word of God says. In fact, Paul says, you know, these guys here, they were smart enough to go and check the Scripture out for themselves. And you check it out in such a way that you're not doing it to protect your own pet little Doctrine, because in my experience, anything God wants to teach me, any way he wants to me, is going to cost me. It always has. And I'm glad, ultimately, that it did. Changed my life. There was, uh, I mentioned, you know, I passed it for a good number of years, and there was somebody, you know, I was in leadership, and there was somebody in the group that I was leading, and they were, you know, just to say it nicely, they were a serious pain in the backside. Caused all sorts of grief. Didn't matter what I did, I was a bad guy. I was a bad guy. Now, a lot of you know that I can be a bad guy, but I'm usually a good guy. Depends on you. Yeah, say to my grandkids. I'm either dear old da or bad old da. It's entirely up to yourself. This person was driving me nuts and I would, as my want was, out every morning praying and, uh, you know, this, this person's comments would just invade my thinking. And, you know, and I'd be praying for this person that they'd be, you know, God change them and do this thing, yada, yada, yada. And then the scripture, now I had read this scripture dozens of times, but when the Holy Ghost breathes on the scripture in your life, it's like the scripture flashed before my life and it, Something breathed on it that really just went bang. This scripture says, like Luke chapter 6, 28, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. 
And so that's exactly what I started doing. Do you think that person changed? Not one little bit. But I did. I did. It seriously changed my life. It led me to a place of a lot more tolerance than I used to have. The question being, what would have happened if I hadn't have done that? Who would I have been and as a leader, what would my capacity have been? Where would I have been? Where would you have been? In John chapter 16, verse 13, the first part of the scripture says this, And when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now I've taken just a little bit of liberty in terms of the interpretation of how I'm taking this all truth because I believe that there is a truth of knowledge, but I believe that there's also a truth for my life particularly. That God has a true purpose and a meaning for my life. And the Holy Ghost, uh, one of His tasks is to try and help me be on that path. And so you, what I believe is that you need to be on His path. You can be, you know, even just a little wee bit off you know, off his path and on your own and you're in the ditch, literally. So we need to be on his path. And most people I know who aren't seeing God move in their lives as I'd like to see him move, want to be and do what they want to be and do. Now, I said previously, God would never ask you to do that. But that's because that's what you want. You see, what I take is this example The true me should be saying what Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. You know, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know any pastor that ever woke up when they were 16 going, oh, I'm going to be a pastor one day, especially if you're a pastor's kid. I ain't been a pastor. Pretty sure Bronson said that. Look at him, he's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. But God then changes that person. Because I dare say, one day in his life, he came to that place where he said, God, not my will, but thy will be done. Your pathway, not my pathway. And so I wanted to share a couple of uh, stories today. They're a little bit odd. So if you're here and you're new this morning, they're going to sound a little bit strange, but they're true. And it's about God's purpose for God's purpose for his, his, his people nationally. And these are, I guess, a couple of stories on how and why this church exists. And so the the year is 1985. Norma and I have come down from Gympie to help uh, our ex-pastor up there start a church in the Dandenong Mountains with the arrangement that we would then go out, uh, spend 12 months with him, and then go out and start a church of our own. Had no idea where we were going to go. I just knew that God had called me to, uh, you know, to pastor and start a church. And Norma was just hanging around and following after me because she was married. She didn't have a lot of options. But you'll, I'm going to add to that because it's not that flippant. Because the truth is, without either of us, we would never have been anything. And that's another story which I don't have time to tell because I'm restrained to 13 minutes. So I'm, we're, we're living up in the Dandenong Mountains. It's in the middle of winter, 1985. And I'm out praying as I normally was. I used to go out every morning and pray. And I'd stand right on the top of the Dandenong Mountains. That's where we lived, in a place up there. And I could see right over the city of Melbourne. And I would pray for that, among many other things. I would pray for the city of Melbourne. And, you know, because I could see the skyline of, of Melbourne from way up there. And I would pray to that skyline. 
And that was for me as far as I would go because I somehow or another had this thing about the western suburbs because I'd come down from, uh, from Darwin after the cyclone in 74. Me and my brother had uh, worked in the western suburbs as uh, block layers. And if you have an old house, uh, a house that was built, you know, around about the 1970s and it has one of those steel garages on, the, on, on it and it has a block wall on the, on the boundary, guarantee I put it up if it's any good. Seriously, that's what I was doing. That was in the West. Couldn't stand the West. Don't know why. I wasn't racist or anything like that. Don't know what it was, but it was the West, you know. And if you've ever lived in the East, let's be honest about it. The East have got it. The West have not got it. That's what the score was over there. Anyway, I'm up there praying, and and not so much my attitude, but just my vision, if you like, was to that line. And I'm praying for Melbourne. And I hear this, and you just have to excuse me when I use these terms, but this is how it happened. I heard this little voice say, what about my city sunshine? Sort of just here, what about my city sunshine? And then I heard this other little voice over here go, I'll go. And I'm sitting in the middle and said, who said that? (laughs) This is a true story. This is exactly how I answered the call to come to sunshine. Now, you need to realize that Sunshine has a historical, significant place in the works of God in Melbourne, in Australia. Back at the, about 100 years ago, there was an incredible revival through, through Melbourne, and mostly it started in Sunshine. An amazing story if you want to, you know, want to hear about it. But anyway, so what about my city, Sunshine? I'll go. And then I realized I will go. I didn't know anybody. We didn't know anybody at all. And so in 1986, we came over here and started a church not knowing a single person. And uh, we're still here, which is a good thing, which is a really good thing. But my question is, what would have happened if I hadn't have said, I'll go? That would be an, an incredible question to answer. Excuse me. John chapter 16, verse 13, the second part. And he will not speak of his own. He will speak only of what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He has a plan for you as an individual, but he has a plan for us as a body of people. So we've been pastoring for about 10 years. It's good and bad. Some great people. That other person was still with us. (laughs) That is not acceptable. Sorry. Norma and I are driving to church. And we're coming up Anderson Road, just going over the level crossing there, just short of the Presbyterian Church. And this, this same voice says to me, I want you to start a building fund. My mind goes, well, that'll be a waste of time. (laughs) Because we didn't have a lot of people, we didn't have a lot of money. And my thought going, we'll probably get 50 bucks a week and I'll do $25 of that because, you know, I'll have to. And then immediately, and this is a true story, and the fruit of it is here. I want you to believe for $250 a week. And I go, not likely. And then I had this brilliant thought. 
doesn't matter. Nobody's going to know. Not going to say anything. I'll just start a building fund. And immediately this voice said, and I want you to tell the congregation. And if you know me, I don't like that sort of stuff, you know. I mean, I'll say what I need to say and I'll lead the way I need to lead, but it doesn't mean to say I like trying to convince you to give your money. I'm going to tell a story a little later on that's a little bit more realistic about that in terms of a personal thing. Here's the thing. So I stood up and I said, you know, I believe that God started a building fund for us. And yay. <laughs> and I believe he wants us to raise $250 a week. Whatever. <laughs> Here's the thing. Over the next two or three months, God brought in a whole different bunch of people. New, new people who didn't know the Lord all that well, but who had vision. Who had the heart of God. And God started to bring money into the church. And you know, this is the fascinating thing about this. For the next four or five years, we, we averaged $250 a week. Every week. Because if I go back and look at those figures and divide it by 52, it's 249, 254, 248. For the next four or five years. And then he doubled it. And then he tripled it exactly. Now, my question being is, how does he do that? Because I can tell you what, I was still only giving 50 bucks a week. <laughs> Certainly not $750 a week. This is a fascinating thing about this. We did it. So I did, and we did. And we had a little competition to what we were going to call the fund. Yeah, what were we going to name the bank account? What were we going to call it, Karen? The Powerhouse Fund. Seriously. Karen and Johnny won the prize. It was a free meal at, the, at, at some place in the city. Did we give you a free night's accommodation? We didn't come to that much, did we? We had a budget. And I'm telling you this story today. So that those of you who don't know will now know that God has a vested interest in this particular call of God. There are thousands upon thousands of churches out there, but God, so that you will know you're part of something that I believe is special. And I don't even think we've seen the start of it yet. We've seen God's preparation and those stories were preparing me and us to get to that place. And so the, first, the fourth thing that we need to do is we need to say yes. Because my question is this, what would have happened if I hadn't have told the church? Let me tell you, Dave, you'd still be mucking in and mucking out at 5.30 in the morning. Yes? Well, that was a drag. We did that for years. And now, you know, you rock up to church and it's all done. Mind you, most people rocked up to church in those days and it was all done anyway, but... But what would have happened? What would have happened, Bronson? I mean, if we hadn't have raised an enormous amount of money so that we could do this. And Bronson and Gabby have done a great job of this. And I thought about it. I was up here yesterday. I came up here and I practiced. I practiced my message yesterday standing here. I've never done that before. And I thought, you know, if it had been left to me, if it had been me doing it, this place wouldn't be nearly as flash. Because, you know, budget, budget, budget. I drive an old Ford. I, buy, I drive a new motorbike because they're priorities in life. <laughs> 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 
But you know, so God has his way and God has his way of doing things. In John chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, it says this, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all things. The fifth thing that you need to be so that God can make your path straight, you need to be being able to be led. And as much as the previous stories are exceptional and they're abnormal, so don't run around expecting God, oh, God hasn't said anything to me. He's not likely to unless you're going to start a church or do something incredible for him. For him, by the way, not for me. The normal way the Holy Spirit sets your path straight is by leading you. By leading you. He nudges us. That's what I believe how it works. I believe, I believe he nudges us in the direction that he wants us to go. He gives us little push, you know. You can go this way. You can go your own way. Just a little push this way. I've just been saved. It's 1980-something, very early. Just giving my life to Christ on a Wednesday. Go to church for the first time on a Sunday. Not unlike this today, what a freak out. <laughs> what a, I was brought up in the Anglican church with the old pump pedal organ, you know, and Mrs. Withers leading us. And our thrill, boys. Terrible. Never wanted to go back there. Got saved and went to church. Wow. The offering comes around. Time for the offering. You know, no, not even thinking a thing. Opened up my wallet and there was a $20 note in my wallet. That's all I had was $20 note. I had an option. Either keep it or give it all. In those days, you could have torn it in half, but it wouldn't have been much good. <laughs> and I had something of a something happen. There was this to and fro. This, do I keep it? Because, you know, it's 20 bucks. It's all I got. Do I keep it? And, you know, I'm new, so it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to know. Or do I give it all? And there's this, or do I give it all? And there's this me looking this way, but the nudge is going this way. Now, I didn't know at the time, but that was my first experience of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding me and making my path straight. I didn't know. And so I gave it all. And the interesting thing was that the next week, exactly the same thing happened. And I hadn't even thought about it all week. And as the offering came around, I knew I only had $20 in my wallet. And I knew that I should have got it changed. Now, you may think, how do you remember this, these things so far, so far in the past? Because when you have an encounter from God, you remember exactly where you were standing. You're, I can tell you what was on the wall. I can it wasn't as if there was a cloud burst. It was just something happened. And so then, though, the interesting thing happened was I opened up my wallet and go, oh, I guess we go this way. You know, there wasn't even a question. I didn't necessarily volunteer but I'm a fast learner. <laughs> I'd learned, you know, that this scene, uh, we'll go this way because it was so much easier to sense that that was the place I was supposed to go. And so I gave it all again. Now, here's the thing. I had some lots of things happening in my life in those days. I do not have time to write a book about it. 
But I ended up in places and things. And for the next two years, for the next two years, I never had to pay for one meal. I never had to pay for one, one place of accommodation. I never had to pay for any fuel. Mind you, within six months, I was at Tachikoi. So, you know, all that sort of stuff was happening there. But, but God provided for my every need. He did that. And that is a true story. My question being, what would have happened if I hadn't have said, okay, and given it all? There's a very good chance I'd still be living on my yacht in Darwin. But I can tell you what, if I hadn't learnt that nudge, that capacity, and, and God hadn't somehow or another done something in my life to challenge the aspect of whether money is my God or he is my God, we wouldn't be sitting in this place again today because you have to be surrendering in those areas. For God to make your path straight, you need to be teachable. You need to know what Jesus said. You need to get on his path for your life. You need to say yes, and you need to be led. So now we're going to visit another scripture that Bronson uh, shared uh, a couple of weeks ago. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is a promise. And this goes on to say to witness and to share the gospel. But I also believe that it's also relevant in our day-to-day life, in our every way that we live, in our general life. For you now and for you and for your tomorrow. But more importantly, it's not just for you. It's for your children. And it's for me, in my case, it's for my grandchildren. And that is important to me. That my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren will walk in the ways of God. Because I know what it's like to walk in the ways of myself. I know what it's like to walk in the ways of sin. And I was really good at it. I don't say that proudly. I just say that because I was stupid. Because I don't want any of my descendants to walk in that way and lose their eternity. And lose this incredible relationship that we can have with God. This loving, precious, precious relationship that we can have with God. So close to our hearts. Because we see in in, in Acts chapter 2 and verse uh, 39, it says, This promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off. And I take that promise dearly. And I will be and do anything I can to see my descendants follow the things of God including praying and seeking and being the person I need to be that can help that thing happen. My question to all of us today is, what is the Holy Spirit trying to get to you and get from you? Only you can answer that. You may be in this place today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. You've never even heard of Him necessarily. But somehow or another, there's something happening in your heart right now and there's this, Am I going to walk this way or walk that way? Am I going to walk that way or am I going to walk this way? Am I going to give this Jesus a chance in my life? Some of you, it might be in your relationships with other people. The Holy Spirit is on your case about forgiving people for things that they've done to you, things that they've said to you. Not even to you, those around you, excuse me. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you about your giving? What about your serving? Well, there's plenty of other people doing plenty of stuff. There's never enough. Because the greatest thing I know to bring the favour of God on me 
is to get here and do something in a physical sense because I can stand up here and I can preach. I can stand up here and I can pray and I can do all of those spiritual things. But the greatest satisfaction I get is using my hands to do something that will help other people. So this morning as we come to this place of knowing the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives, where are you in that place today? go back to that question I asked if you don't know Christ as your Saviour. Today is an incredible day of opportunity for you. There's always tomorrow. But my experience has been this. When you hear the voice of God, you need to say yes then. There's plenty of people I know have said yes later. It's not so much that it's too late, but you miss the best of it. To know Christ as my Saviour and the power of His resurrection to know God face to face. You might be sitting here going, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it's true. To know God and the power and to feel His love and to know that He cares for me and He wants for my health and He wants for my wholeness and He's created this entire universe just for me and for you. So if you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus as your Saviour, can I encourage you to look at your pathway and go, will I go that way? Or will I go this way? Will I go the way that I'm going? Or will I go the way of Jesus? It's a good thing. I'm so glad I did it. So glad. I got saved on the Wednesday, but on Tuesday I was mocking Him, laughing about Jesus, denying Him. And on the Wednesday, I met Him. Can we just have our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning? Father, today I thank you. Holy Spirit, I know that you come to lead us and to guide us into all the truth and to glorify Jesus, to speak the truth into our hearts. And I pray, Lord God, this morning, if there's a person you've called today, my God, people you've called today to know you, to get saved, to meet this Jesus, I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you'd touch hearts. And while your head is bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, if there's any person in this place and you're going, you would start to say, Larry, I really don't understand it. I really don't get it. But I would like to go down that path that you talk about. That little, I feel that little nudge and I would like to go down that path. I have scared senses of it, but I'm willing to do that. And if that's you this morning, would you please just raise your hand while every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If that is you this morning, will you please raise your hand? You have this opportunity to know Christ and His love for you. Just raise your hand so I can see it. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else this morning? Anybody else this morning? If you're in that valley of decision, can I encourage you? Come back next week. But the decision that you make today is the greatest decision you could ever make for your entire life. Father, today I thank you. So if you've, let's just say this prayer. If you've put your hand up today, I want us to just pray this prayer after me. We're all going to pray it so nobody can hear you. Lord Jesus Christ, today I bow my knee to you. I confess you as Lord. Come and save me. Help me and lead me. I surrender my life to you. Show yourself to me. I pray in Jesus' name. 
Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you'll fulfill your promise.